The following program is brought to you by the friends and partners of Creation Today and by viewers like you. Thank you. Have you heard about the 10 mythical gods that bear a striking resemblance to our Savior, Jesus Christ? There are some pagan myths that even predate the gospel. Did the New Testament writers actually use these to create a fictitious Jesus? Many would think so, but can this claim withstand a battleship attack? Oh, bring it on. There's a war going on in our world against Christianity. Are you ready to defend your faith in Christ? The Creation Today Show provides you with the ammunition you need. We prepare you to defend your faith. Arm your children and raise up a family that glorifies the Creator, Jesus Christ. This season we're teaching you battleship apologetics. Science, history, individual experience, philosophy, Battleship Apologetics. Today's guest is former atheist turned apologist, Dr. Mary Jo Sharp of Confident Christianity. And Marianne tests Eric's knowledge of history in Is Jesus a Myth? Welcome to the show. And to start out, we're gonna start have, have a little quiz. Quizzes? I hate quizzes. No. Seriously, you gotta Okay, quiz I'm going me? to read a list of descriptions about a certain person, and you need to see if you can figure out who I'm talking about. Easy. I love the Guess Who game. Okay. Uh, this person was a traveling moral teacher. Okay. He had 12 followers. Okay. Performed miracles. You're not making this very hard, are you? <laughs> Promised his followers immortality. Let me guess. <laughs> uh, virgin birth in there somewhere? Yes. Okay, and what else? And considered to be the savior of mankind. Nice. Was killed. Ooh. Buried in a tomb. No, no, no. Rose again three days later. Yes. You got it. it. Okay. And Jesus it? Christ. Well, yes and no. It describes Christ, but it also, certain people have claimed that it also describes Mithras. What? The Zoroastrian god who lived 400 years before Christ and also was worshipped during the time of Christ in Rome. That sounds absolutely crazy to think that another person that has the exact same characteristics as Jesus might have been around. Well, today we're discussing the question, did pagan mythologies influence our knowledge of who Jesus was? Could the gospel writers have borrowed such story elements from Mithras, like his death and resurrection, or even his virgin birth, to create a Jesus that is mostly fiction? Well, believe it or not, this is what you might hear in college. Some scholars even claim that the gospel account of Jesus were, in fact, not eyewitness accounts, but were creative fictions inspired by an age-old pagan myth like this one. Here's a clip of Timothy Freak. He's uh, from a movie, Caesar's Messiah, the Roman conspiracy, I gotta look it up here, the Roman conspiracy to invent Jesus. Listen to what he says here. People think, oh, why would anyone write a myth? But it's the language of the ancient world. So it's like asking, why do people write science fiction stories? Why did someone make The Matrix? Well, because it's a powerful story which transforms you when you come into contact with it. And it is made up of little motifs which have been taken from all over the place, put together in a new order. Well, that's what myth is in the ancient world. That's what the Jesus story is. He's claiming Jesus is a myth. 
Well, especially at university, we are going to be groomed to doubt the historical ex existence of Christ and the reliability of scripture, and instead encourage to connect the dots between pagan mythology and Christ. Now, what would you think if you heard that from a college professor? Well, for one, I hope you would remember the tactics that we learned in episode one with Harmony Dawes, like don't horribleize. Just because they make a claim that could destroy Christianity doesn't mean you should get all freaked out about it. Stay calm. Remember, Christianity is a battleship. It can defend itself every time. Every time. These skeptics believe that since Mithras came first, his story elements must have influenced the gospel writers. Yeah. Now, just because there's disturbing similarities doesn't mean that they are linked in any way. Let me demonstrate. Okay, so Eric, I have one more list of descriptions. For okay, you, we're playing and you have this game again. Is this if another you person? Can, no, it's, it's something. A thing. So you, you need okay. to guess what this is. Okay, there was an ocean liner that was the largest craft afloat. Okay. Described unsinkable. Okay. <laughs> it set out across the Atlantic with thousands of passengers. Uh, are these people or animals? Because that'll make They're a difference. They're people. They're people. people. Oh, yes. thousands of people. Okay. Okay. I got this. Several of whom are high-profile guests. Okay. But in the North Atlantic, it struck an iceberg and quickly sank. Okay. You're not and making it, this too difficult again, <laughs> unless this is another trick one. It carried less than half the number of lifeboats required thus killing more than half of her passengers. Okay. Okay, so I'll give you a hint. It starts with a T. A T. Hmm, I wonder what it could be. I'm going with the Titanic. Please don't tell me this was another trick one. Well, you guessed it right. Oh, good. I got the Titanic. Whoa, you got to be kidding. It also is a description of a fictitious ship called the Titan. you got to be kidding In the me. wreck of the Titan, written by, uh, let's see, it's... Morgan Robertson. He wrote this book 14 years before the Titanic story. That's so impossible. So ultimately, he did not know that he was predicting all of these specific elements that would happen. 14, 14 years, years before, and it and it literally North Atlantic, iceberg, uh -huh. everything. Iceberg, all the passengers, high profile. Yeah. Wow. The whole shebang. So according to the logic of these Jesus mythers, if the Titanic had sunk 2,000 years ago, we wouldn't believe it actually happened. It would be just another story influenced by the Titan myth. You know, that is a great example, Marianne. Just because some almost identical story predates others, that doesn't mean that the latter borrowed from the former. Next up, we will examine these Jesus myth claims in greater detail with Dr. Mary Jo Sharp, and she will help us see if these actually line up with the, Je the life of Jesus. We're also going to look at some historical apologetics and go to some extra biblical things to find out, did what the gospel writers write about Jesus actually represent the reality of who Jesus was? Right after the break, so stick around. Don't miss the boat contains information for the layman who wants solid evidence of the worldwide flood that he can share with others. Theological considerations, historical essays, and scientific implications are included, as well as fictional representations that convey the emotional power of God's judgment on a wicked pre-flood world.
To order Don't Miss the Boat, visit us at creationstore.org. There's been an incredible con that's occurred in the culture. Evolution in millions of years is the greatest myth ever forced on the minds of men. Big Bang, evolution, millions of years, people just believe it blindly. How can you not believe that somebody designed all of this? We know he exists because of creation. just faith, we have science. It's really on our side. Today's Creation Network highlight is Creation and Earth History Museum of Santee, California. The Creation and Earth History Museum remains dedicated to the biblical account of science and history, providing scriptural and scientific evidence through interactive museum experiences, activities, and tours. The museum provides a showcase for a literal six-day creation in young earth, including a human anatomy exhibit, life-size tabernacle display, age of the earth cave, and more. Visit them online at creationsd.org. Check out creationnetwork.org to discover more of the creation museums and outdoor creation field trips available to you. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. Welcome back to the Creation Today show. We have Mary Jo Sharp, who is an expert apologist from Houston Baptist College with us, and she is going to help us understand the Jesus myth better. Welcome onto the show, Mary Jo. Hi, it's, it's great, great to be here. Great to have you. Mary Jo has a great website, confidentchristianity.com, you're gonna to wanna to check out. Mary Jo, we're talking about how people will say that Mithras and Osiris are actually precursors to Jesus Christ. And so really, Jesus is just a copycat of what these things were. Can you tackle that one for us and tell us the truth there? Yeah, sure. I, yeah, that is a common claim. In fact, one of the ways, uh, one of the most popular ways that people were finding my website early on in my ministry was by searching Osiris versus Jesus or Mithras versus Jesus. So yes, it is a very popular claim. And uh, there's, I have just about a three-step approach to handling uh, this argument that uh, the story of Jesus is a ripoff or a copy of these earlier stories. And so I want to share that with you guys, just a three-step process here. Um, first of all, if you hear this claim, uh, one of the first things you can do is read the stories for yourself. Uh, the claim comes from the, well, at many places, but it's been popularized by the internet movie uh, Zeitgeist, yes. the movie, mm -hmm. which has about over 37 million hits wow. in its wow. various forms. That's a lot. It is. So um, it basically claims that the same sort of thing as what Richard Dawkins might say, that generally most people don't believe in most of the gods. We just go one god further. And that sounds simple enough into, uh, when they offer you know, evidence that Jesus' story is just a simple copy of these others. But a major problem arises when you read the stories. Mm -hmm. um, and when you read the stories from their actual primary sources. So you're going back to the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Okay. Um, 
or you're actually going back to where we get the story of Mithras, um, which uh, interestingly, we don't have a textual source for Mithras. Um, we have textual sources for earlier gods that are being conveyed uh, or conflated with the story of Mithras. So going back to the primary sources, we see that these stories are simply not the same. And what the argument amounts to is taking a mythic hero interpretation and sort of an archetype of this great mythic hero and then putting that archetype on every single religion that you find. If you go and read the stories without doing that, if you just read the stories as they are without making that mythic hero interpretation on the story, you see that they're very, very different. Um, and two of the ways that you see they're really different from reading the primary sources are attention to historical detail and author's intent. So this is important to look for. Did the author intend for this story to be verified historically? And before we move on to that second step, one great way you can check these is by looking at the amount of historically verifiable information given in the stories. So I sort of looked at the Egyptian Book of the Dead okay. versus um, like Luke 1, 1 through 4, in which he gives you his intent, uh, where he says he's checking out the stories for himself. And then Luke 3, 1 through 2, where you just you get about like 15 facts to check for um, whether or not these things are actually places and people and offices that they held in history. Um, even C.S. Lewis noted a major difference between mythology and the biblical stories by reading them when he said, I've been reading poems and romances and vision literature and legends, myths all my life. I know what they are like. I know not one of them is like this. Mm -hmm. So a major difference is in reading the stories themselves. So when you went and you just simply compared the Mithra story to the Jesus account, you went, uh-uh, not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and very much I said, wow, this is quite different. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so the second step was to take the parallels head to head. Uh, and you should do that with Mithras, especially since um, his is so egregious. Um, it's so different from the Christian story. So I, t in my um, three-step process, you know, to take all the parallels head to head takes a long time. So let's just real quickly look at the virgin birth claim, death, and resurrection, okay. and we'll just do Mithras. Okay, sure, yeah. yeah, that's. I love this. You're breaking it down. I love <laughs> mm -hmm. it. All right, batter up, softballs in the air, swing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so with the virgin birth, you know, I've heard things like everybody's got a virgin birth, right? Well, what does virgin birth mean? We typically think of a human female who's never had intercourse with a male, right? Giving birth. Well, let's look at Mithras. Mithras spins, he spins, no, he springs forth from a rock next to a river. Wow. Or he springs forth from a cave, carrying a torch in one hand to under to light the underworld from which he came and a dagger in the other hand to engage in subduing all the things of the earth. Wow. So that's his virgin birth. That's it's not a quite stretch. a virgin birth, is it? <laughs> no, um, what's actually happening in the telling of Mithras, uh, his story is that people are going back to Mithra or Mitra, which are different gods. They are um, Iranian and Persian versions of uh, this god who we don't even know, according to the International um, Congress on Mithraic Studies, they're not even sure if those gods are related to the Roman god Mithras to whom Jesus is compared. Mm -hmm. So they're pulling from different stories 
uh, to get to a uh, virgin birth. And even then, very strange. Wow. Yeah. Very strange. So that's his virgin birth. His death, this is my favorite. <laughs> Mithras doesn't die. Oh. oh, no. That's a problem. <laughs> Definitely not the same there. No, no. Um, that's a big stretch, right? <laughs> Mithras does not die uh, in the Roman mysteries of Mithras, was, which was in existence around the time frame of Jesus's life on the earth. Uh, he was always victorious, which is why the Roman military were um, worshiping him. And we find his uh, Mithraeum, his temples, on the outskirts of the Roman Empire around these military outposts. So he doesn't die. Uh, he actually is taken up to a grand feast with the sun after subduing all the creatures of the earth. And then his resurrection. Wow. Well, okay. Guys, if you don't die, <laughs> you can't rise no. from the dead. That so Mithras does not. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of a problem, right? So yes, people that try problem. to compare me, uh, and you call it, you call him Mithras, right? Or Mithras? Mithras, Mithras yeah. okay. When you compare Mithras to Jesus and, and do the parallels head to head, and you just went through three of them, these aren't the, aren't, these are not talking about the same thing. No. Right. Yeah, they're not. Wow. How do people agree with all of this? If, if you take both of the stories next to each other, like you said, take them head to head, why do people fall for this claim? I mean, it seems so obvious that there's right. no connection. But right. Well, um, and we, you know, we haven't even got to the third thing, but well, even so, what, go ahead and hit that third thing. I'm going to save that. <laughs> okay. Can you stick around and do an extended interview? Yes, okay. definitely. G give us that third thing real quick, then, because I want our viewers to get that, and then, uh, and then we'll have we'll answer that okay. in the extended interview. If that's all right. Sounds great. Though the third thing is that you should set everything in context, and that means historical, theological, and philosophical. So just for real quick, these, these stories have very different um, historical settings, like resurrection. What does it mean to a pagan? It's not a new a physical life, a new heavens, new earth. It is a, a spiritual release to go be with the gods, not a return to physical life. So we need to be careful when we compare uh, these. We say, oh, look, there's these parallels. What did those things mean to the people who were hearing them? And then... Um, you know, what was their theology? What was the nature of man, the nature of God and reality in their view? You can't just take these things out of their context, throw them together and hope that, you know, they all match, yeah. right? You actually have to be honest about the interpretation of both the Christian story and the uh, pagan stories. Mm -hmm. This is fascinating information. Is. I'm telling you, you're going to want to check out confidentchristianity.com and get Mary Jo's blog and the research that she's done. Mm -hmm. uh, great three points. Read the story, do the parallels head to head, mm -hmm. put it in context. context. And we got a lot more questions for you during the extended interview. If you want to check that out, go to creationtoday.org. We'll be right back. Beginnings is a creation experience for small groups, churches, and individuals from all walks of life. Creation speaker Eric Hoven explores the age-old questions of life, the evidence for a young earth, and how dinosaurs fit in with the Bible. The included guide provides an introduction to each lesson, creative challenges, great discussion questions, and practical ways to apply each lesson to everyday life. To order this DVD, go to www.creationstore.org. Creation Today is excited about our ever-growing collection of digital downloads. We have everything from books to DVDs to even PowerPoint presentations. 
all to equip you to learn and share the truth of our Creator. Why wait? Start strengthening your faith today with our all-new digital downloads. Available at the Creation Store, creationstore.org. Every true Christian believes in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But can you defend these truths against today's critical attacks? Are you prepared to answer an unbelieving world's questions about the reality of the crucified and risen Savior? This in-depth study, Risen Without a Doubt, delves into questions you haven't even thought to ask. Join Christian apologists Tim Chafee and Eric Hovind to relive the astounding, prophetically accurate details of Christ's betrayal, trial, crucifixion, and resurrection. Dispel every skeptic's argument against these miraculous events and confidently proclaim, He is risen. To order the six-DVD series, Risen Without a Doubt, complete with discussion guide, go to www.creationtoday.org. Planning your next vacation? Why not make it a creation vacation with the help of our new website, visitcreation.org. Here you'll find many activities from museums and science centers to caves and canyons, all teaching the truth about our great creator. Why wait? Go to visitcreation.org today to begin planning your creation vacation. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. Well, I don't know about you, but for me, Marianne, this information that we've covered is extremely helpful. We don't have to horribleize all of Christianity and all of the Bible just because somebody makes a claim that Jesus had come from a myth and is therefore a myth himself. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah, we cannot let these skeptical claims shake us. We have to keep our cool give Christ and Scripture the benefit of the doubt, and seek truth. That's true. Oh, hey, I came across a video online. It is hilarious, slightly, slightly I can't speak, slightly <laughs> sarcastic, and okay. I thought I'd edit out a little bitty clip of it for you to see. It's about some of these other people, uh, these myths, who claim that uh, this is where Jesus came from. So, enjoy. Not so fast, preacher man. Behold, it is I, Horus, Egyptian god of the sun. For you see, thousands of years before your Jesus came around, I, Horus, was born on December 25th. I, Horus, was born of a virgin. I, Horus, was baptized by a man called Arnup the Baptizer, was crucified and was resurrected three days later. So you see, your Jesus is nothing more than plagiarized poppycock. And I, Horus, have come to feast upon the sorrow of you foolish Christians. Yeah, none of the stuff you just said is true. Yes, it is. No, there's no reference in Egyptian mythology to Horus being crucified or resurrected three days later. There's no documentation anywhere for the existence of a figure named Anup the Baptizer. Horus's mother was not a virgin woman, but the goddess Isis. And there is no specific date anywhere tied to the birth of Horus. Horus? Did I say my name was Horus? 
No, no, no. What I meant to say was, behold, it is I, Mithras, Roman cultic god of the something something. Even if those claims were true, Christians were already confessing the virgin birth, recognizing the twelve apostles, and celebrating the Lord's Supper before they ever encountered any Mithraic cults. So I'm afraid that you've taken neither the holly nor the jolly out of our Christmas, Mithras. Oh, you must have misheard me. I I'm not Mithras. I'm, uh, Quetzalcoatl, Aztec god of the wind. And Valuol thinks that you've been- No Christian on the face of the planet ever heard of Quetzalcoatl until the 16th century. There's an I'm- Baldur, Norse god of the- There were 193 popes before Baldur's mythology was actually written down. Then I'm Horus, Egyptian god of the sun. You already did that one. You've got to go online and watch that whole video. It really is hilarious. All right, Miriam, let's review what we've let's covered today review. just to give yeah. people a recap, all right? Mm -hmm. Number one, just because a story might share similarities with another story doesn't mean that they're connected or that one has been influenced by another. This is possible, but other criteria need to be investigated before one can conclude that they are in fact related or one story was borrowed from another story. Two, read the stories for yourself. Don't take people's claim as fact. And number three, the parallels can go head to head. Go directly to the sources of the claim. Do these similarities